Hello out there. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. Shout out to Stomp and Tom Connors. Legend, Canadian legend. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the 88 Sats radio channel. Welcome to the daily Bitcoin journey. A show that we will never, ever abbreviate. <laughs> but the show is focused on actionable and logical discussion for Bitcoiners and future Bitcoiners. So happy Friday. Happy Friday. We got one today. I'm sure most people seeing the title of this episode are going to be a little bit thrown off. But you'll understand here in a matter of minutes. So what do we have going on today? We need the mempool. Let's start there. Start with some mempool, some metrics. And then we'll get into the meat and potatoes. We got a lot of stuff to cover today. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to share. And there's a lot to sort out. So December the 15th, 2023. We are currently at block height. 821308. <laughs> Holy shit. If you're transacting on the Bitcoin Layer 1 network. You're paying 256 sats per V-byte. Who is paying that and why? These fees are a shit show, to say the least. These fees are, I don't know, maybe this is going to be the new normal now. I don't think so. I think that if anybody's looking to move some Bitcoin around, I would wait. I'm waiting. I don't know how long I can wait. But... I don't know. It, it seems like a lot of uh, sats to be thrown around to move Bitcoin around. Morning, Johnny. How we doing, buddy? So that is the, the fees today. 256 sats per V-byte. Two blocks ago, three blocks ago, people were paying a minimum of 326 sats per V-byte. Crazy times in the world of Bitcoin. Metrics today. The, the price of Bitcoin today 42,594 US dollars hope that's up to date this time last year December 15 2022 you could have purchased one bitcoin for 17,355 US dollars and 4 years ago keeping in line with the 4 year bitcoin halving cycle December 15 2019 you could have purchased one for 7,148 US dollars can you imagine Could you imagine? I think I waited about a year and a half after that. I was still buying Bitcoin when it was 69,000 bucks. Yikes. Haven't stopped though. Morning, Crypto Ethan. Appreciate the email, the feedback on the new sub, sub stack. That's a hard word to say. I'm going to have to get used to that one, I think. One US dollar will get you 2,347 Satoshis here in Canada. We had a nice day today. It's only minus six. Beautiful day. It was beautiful yesterday as well. I'm actually hitting the road today. We got lots of travel in store. We're going to Regina, which is three and a half, three and a half hours from here. Driving there right after the show. And then we got a Christmas party there tonight, and I think we're driving back afterwards. So 
going to be heavy driving today on a Friday. But the price of Bitcoin in Canada is 57,024 Canadian dollars. If you have one loonie kicking around, it'll get you 1,754 sats. And if you have a toonie, get you 3,500 sats. So that is it for the metrics today. I don't know why I zoom in on this page because I don't bring it up anymore here. But anyways, we got a couple things to talk about in terms of the news. And then we'll get to the, the main part of the show here, which is the altcoins. Sorry, I'm rearranging things here a little bit. First thing on the agenda, I think, is the most important that we should be talking about this morning is the shake pay hack that happened. And this is mostly for Canadians, but it is something worth talking about because I am, I have been an advocate of shake pay. I still use shake pay almost every day. I think that they are, I think that they're a little bit too regulated. I think that they're more on team government than team Bitcoin. That's the vibe that I get from them. However, I still do love the, the features, the rewards, that ShakePay has, I've earned over 2 million sats from using ShakePay. And I know they're all KYC. I know I'm probably going to get in trouble down the road, but that's okay. I'll take free sats any day. But ShakePay did have an issue. And that issue was a hack. So from in 2023, in March 2023, up till December 2023, it went on for about nine months. They didn't. They weren't aware of it until yesterday. They sent out a a news release, a media release, saying that they had been hacked. And morning, Rick. The the it's not too important, I guess, in terms of how it happened. I don't think that that's overly productive to talk about. But there are people within Canada who have been affected by this. Apparently, they're going to be sending out communications directly to people if they have been affected. So keep an eye out for that. But I do have five, five kind of notes here that I would suggest if you are a ShakePay user in Canada. And the first one is that to log into your ShakePay account, update your password. First thing you want to do. And think about that password. If you're somebody who uses passwords like I do, I'll use uh, one password for ShakePay one password and the same password for like a Gmail account. Not my main one, obviously, but people use the same password for different things on online. That's just how it is. Otherwise we would have a hundred thousand passwords. So update your ShakePay password and also update any other passwords that are the same, that are connected with the same email. Because if somebody has access to that, then they can easily get into some more important things probably. Also, you have to move your Bitcoin off there. I mean, everybody should be doing that as a general rule of thumb. As soon as you buy Bitcoin, move it off the exchanges into your own personal wallet. But if you haven't yet, I know people who have a significant balance sitting on ShakePay. So do that today. Get your Bitcoin off of ShakePay. Even set up a moon wallet if you have to, just to get it out of ShakePay, out of anybody's ability to move that without your knowledge. I think it would be tough, but I still think that, I mean, why not? Why would you risk leaving it on there? The next one is, like I said, ShakePay is going to be sending out communications to people who have been affected, but the hackers also have the everybody's email addresses, right? So I'm, I'm guessing sometime in the next couple of days, 
the hackers are going to start sending out emails saying this is from ShakePay. You've been hacked. This is what you have to do. So be very careful if you're seeing any sort of communication from ShakePay. It seems like the majority of communications that they do are within the app so that you know it's from ShakePay. So if you get any emails claiming that they're from ShakePay, make sure you double check, you verify the email address and don't be clicking any links because that's how Bitcoin is lost. And the last part here is that I would suggest probably at least for the, for the short term is start using a different exchange. I would highly recommend Bull Bitcoin. They're a Canadian company. You can buy Bitcoin non-KYC with cash at the post office. An amazing service. It's how I've been buying all my Bitcoin recently. And so get set up with them. You can also set up like a normal KYC, just like ShaPay would be, and send in a e-transfer, exact same process, or wire transfer. So I do have a referral link, which is actually worthwhile. I'll leave it in the description. You get 20 bucks free for signing up uh, using that link, free, free Bitcoin. So you might as well do that. So that is just ShakePay hack. <clears throat> I was going to touch a little about, about the FASB changes, but I don't think it's Friday. We don't need to be talking about boring accounting shit. It is very exciting, though, the fact that they are able to value Bitcoin now. Public companies are able to value Bitcoin at their fair value. Whereas currently, if you bought Bitcoin, you could only value it up to the cost that you purchased at. And if you had a, and if it goes down, you have to claim an impairment loss and devalue it. Uh, so with these new changes, they're actually able to bump up the value for what it's worth, which makes sense. I did read an article about it, a short article on my Substack. So if you're interested in, in a little bit more detail, you can check that out. That'll be in the description as well. And, and the last part here that I wanted to mention was River. So River, I believe, is only for U.S. customers. I haven't used it, but I think that this will be applicable to some people who watch the show. So River yesterday came out with a new feature within their, their application, their wallet mobile app, that you could actually send Bitcoin to anybody just using their phone number. So from the river, your wallet, this is the process that I believe it is, you copy the link, you send it to somebody else via their phone number, they can open up that link in say Wallet of Satoshi, Phoenix, Wasabi, any wallet that you have, you can open that link and claim Bitcoin. And I thought that that was important for a variety of reasons, but a, a couple things that that I want to just follow up with that on is that yesterday we were talking about the intrinsic value of Bitcoin. What gives Bitcoin its value? And part of it is just that it's so much better, cheaper, faster than the current legacy system that we use now. So imagine sending just a link to somebody with your phone number. This is first of all, better than e-transfers. In Canada here, that's what we use is e-transfers. So I send you a link to your phone number or your email, but it still requires you to go through all the, the steps of logging into your online banking, answering a security password, all that kind of stuff. So it is a bit more of a hassle. It's much better than e-transfers and it's better than lightning. 
So Lightning is a step up above e-transfers, but this route that River's using now is better than, than Lightning. Because if you're sending it to somebody, just, just play out a scenario here. If I want to send Bitcoin to my friend who, who might not have Bitcoin, I want to send them uh, some Bitcoin for their, uh, their wedding or their birthday, whatever that may be. With Lightning, I would have to reach out to them first and say, hey, download this Wallet of Satoshi app. Send me the your Lightning address, copy and paste it to me. It's easy to do, but for people who aren't familiar with Bitcoin, it's still friction. It's something that they have to do. And it's something that the majority of people just won't do. And so I think that with this, if you're just sending it with a phone number, they don't have to do any of that. They, I mean, they do, but first of all, they're, they've received it. So that's the difference here. If I send it to somebody, they know that they have the Bitcoin there already. And it's kind of up to them from there to figure out how to get it. Whereas the other way around, they have to do the work first before they can receive it. So things are just getting more and more easy for people as we move along here. And, you know, even if the user, as this, as Bitcoin continues to grow, as adoption continues to grow, you'll have somebody's phone number if you want to send them Bitcoin. And you probably don't have their lightning address. So think about all the phone numbers in your in your phone, in your contact list. How many lightning addresses do you have of those people? One, two, I don't know if I'm going to a random wedding or somebody has a birthday or whatever it is. Somebody wins a prize at a golf tournament, whatever it is. You probably have their phone number over their lightning address. So that's the good news is that this just keeps going. Um, and as this, as we move forward, Okay, this is becoming a daily occurrence. <laughs> I think for the first two weeks here, we didn't have any dropped internet here. I don't know what happens. I have no idea. But anyways, we're back. I don't know where I left off there. But what I was saying is that as we move along here, this is only going to get easier. So as, as of now, you can send a link. People can open up. But as we move along, as these institutions continue to adopt Bitcoin, this is just going to get easier and easier and faster and faster. So it's a good thing. And, and the last point I want to, to talk about here, as we move into the, into the meat and potatoes of this episode, is that you cannot do this with altcoins. And the reason for that, and I don't think you'll ever be able to, the reason for that is because we've seen these big institutions who are getting into Bitcoin the Black Rocks, the Fidelities, all of these, this is the starting point though. Eventually all of these companies are gonna be adopting a Bitcoin strategy because that's what everybody's using. There's not gonna be anybody who's creating a Cardano app that you can send back and forth. And then somebody's gonna to have to download a Exodus wall. Like Bitcoin is gonna be much easier. There's gonna be so much more capital invested into making Bitcoin easier for the simple fact that that's where the majority of people are going to be. 
So I think that as as the tech improves, as this becomes easier and easier for people, this is when this is where Bitcoin really pulls ahead of all of the other altcoins for the simple reason of of adoption of the network, the capital flowing into that network. And I just don't see any altcoins keeping up with that. And I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some some altcoin lovers who check this show out based on the title of it. And they're going to be pissed off to hear that. But that's the reality of the situation. Rick says, it was brief. I'm back. Yeah, I don't know. It just like it just drops and then it lets me reconnect almost instantly. So kind of weird. Morning, Adam. Let's get into the altcoin stuff. And the, so let's set a little bit of a pretense here. A couple things. We're moving into another cycle here. Every time there's a new cycle, there's more and more people that come in, more and more new people that get into it. And every time that that happens, they're always Googling, they're always YouTubing, they're seeing these big promises of this coin's going to 100x. They're talking to their buddies who are getting into this, who have done a lot of research into this specific coin. And so as much as I sit here, other people sit there and and think that people are just going to bypass that. That's not the reality. As much as I would love for that to be the case, anytime somebody's just getting into crypto or Bitcoin, they're always going to play around with altcoins a little bit. And I like to I like to call them casino coins because that's basically all it is. It's just gambling, and that's fine. There are people who bet on sports. There's people who play poker. I see altcoins as the exact same way. So we can't really sit here and fool ourselves. There are going to be people, new people who are getting into crypto and Bitcoin that will be experimenting with these things. That's the reality of it. And I'm not going to tell you which ones to buy. That's not the, pur the purpose of today. I'm just going to give you a few tips on if you're using altcoins, practice safe altcoins. So let's let's talk through the the basics of it first of all. So if you are getting into playing around with some altcoins like Litecoin, like Cardano, like anything else, make sure it's a very small percentage of your your portfolio, your Bitcoin portfolio. So if you had ten thousand bucks in Bitcoin and you wanted to move some of that into altcoins, and a lot of people do this for the right reasons, they want to buy some cheap altcoins and flip it into Bitcoin down the road. Not the best strategy, but that's what people have in mind for it. So I would not exceed more than 5% of whatever you have in Bitcoin into altcoins. If you want to play around a little bit, that's fine. Just keep the exposure low. The second point here is that if you are buying altcoins, the majority of them need different wallets. So if you, if you have Bitcoin and you have some other altcoins, just make sure that you're not storing them together. Make sure that your Bitcoin is completely separate from whatever altcoins that you're purchasing. And so you can download Bitcoin-only wallets, whatever that is, Moon Wallet, Mutiny, Phoenix. Sparrow Wallet on your desktop computer is great. 
So whatever Bitcoin you have, first, before you do anything, before you buy any altcoins, separate that. And the reason for that is because we saw what happened with Ledger yesterday. So Ledger, anybody who is using a Ledger, there's these decentralized applications that you can earn a return on within your Ledger wallet. And so the Ledger software itself got hacked. And it, it sent a pop-up to all Ledger users to connect your device, to enter in your information. And from there, people got their wallets wiped. So this is kind of the scenario that I see, is that people, they want Bitcoin, but they also want some altcoins. And so they buy a device such as a Ledger because it's compatible with both. You can hold your Bitcoin on there. You can hold your Cardano, your Dogecoin. You can you can hold almost any crypto on your ledger. And so they get this device. They think that it's <clears throat> safe because it's cold storage, right? So then they're they're mixing their Bitcoin and their altcoins in here. And then the ledger wallet gets hacked. And all of a sudden, just because they decided to buy a little bit of SafeMoon or Shiba Inu, now all their Bitcoin's gone. So keep your Bitcoin separate, totally separate from the altcoins. Don't ever put the Bitcoin in the same wallet as the altcoins. That is the most important part of today's show. And, and Crypto Heathen has a great point here. This is exactly what I'm saying. Always set up a software wallet just for playing <clears throat> with the DGEN stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's a good idea. Like if you want to do that, that's fine. Just make sure that your exposure is low and it's completely separate from your Bitcoin hardware. Exactly. So those are kind of the two most important things. But you also have to be aware of a couple of other things if you're going to be experimenting, if you're going to be playing around gambling. The first thing is that you have to make sure that they have an actual network and you know what it is. So with Bitcoin... I love Bitcoin because it's simple. You buy Bitcoin, you use the Bitcoin layer one network, you move your Bitcoin to your own wallet. You can also use Lightning, but it, it there's no other networks that you have to play around with. I got burned for about 500 bucks US two years ago. I bought, uh, what was it? Poly? I think it's called, it was called Poly or it is called Poly, Polygon. So I, I bought Polygon on Binance. I was like, okay, this seems Tom, Tom Brady's talking about it. Tiger Woods is talking about it. Donald Trump's talking about it. I'm going to get me some Polygon. So I buy $500 US in Polygon and I go to move it off of Binance and it gave me two options for the network. One of them was Ethereum and one of them was the Polygon network. So at this point, I kind of had Bitcoin, I had some Theta, and with the, both of those, you use their native network to transact. That would make the most sense to me. So I, I choose the Polygon network, send it, and it never, ever showed up. It did in about a year later because I sent it to a Coinbase wallet because I needed to download a Coinbase wallet to to hold this polygon. So I downloaded that, I sent it, it never arrived. Basically until Coinbase 
updated their wallet to include the Polygon network on it. This Polygon was literally just lost in internet in thin air for a year. So pay attention to the networks. And another part of that is you have to, you have to factor in the fees that you're going to be paying anytime you move these altcoins around. So I bought like another story here. I bought like a hundred or say it was 50 million Shiba Inu coins a couple years ago. Bought them, thought I was being slick. And uh, so I, I bought them on Binance. Of course, to move it off of Binance cost me 10 million Shiba Inu, Inu coins. So instantly I lost 20% of my original investment just from moving it off of Binance. I moved it into the Atomic Wallet because that's the only place that I could store these Shiba Inu coins. And then Atomic Wallet, as we know, have has kind of taken a, a step backwards and there's lots of stuff happening there. It's st still kind of in limbo with the Atomic Wallet. So I wanted to move the Shiba Inu coins off of Atomic. And that was going to cost me like another 20 million Shiba Inu coins just to move into a different wallet. So two moves and I lost half my investment in Shiba Inu. So it's not like Bitcoin. It's not like you can wait on different things to go up and down in the fee market. You can't use lightning. There's no option for that. You get trapped into buying and then instantly they just sh keep shaving off parts of your investment into the fees to move it because a lot of it's on Ethereum or they have their own network. There's just so many complications there. And so what I would recommend there, this was kind of the, one of the endpoints here, but tying it back to this is before you, before you put your money into anything, make sure you have a plan of how you can move it around, check out the fees involved, check out what network it uses, check out which wallet you can store it in. There's so many factors that go into to buying these altcoins outside of just putting in your cash. And so th there's that aspect of it. There's the tax implications of it. We know that Bitcoin is going to be a commodity. It's going to be treated much differently than all these altcoins. It sounds like they're all going to be treated as securities. So say that you did buy $100 worth of Shiba Inu. This is four years ago, three years ago now. But say you bought $100 worth of Shiba Inu and it turned into 10000 bucks. You're first of all, you're going to lose a lot of fees moving it back and forth, cashing it out, but it's considered a security. So you're going to have to report this on your tax return as a capital gain or however you report it in your country. So you're going to pay the tax on the gains that you accrued from the altcoins because they are considered securities. So they're treated the same as securities for tax purposes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes. And that's part of this whole thing is like, so there's a comment here from uh, it Hakra, one of our, our pals from, from Ben's community, but he says, I actually made money on Shiba Inu back in 2021, first and probably last time for anything. There, there is money to be made here. And as I mentioned yesterday, I made a ton of money on Dogecoin a couple of years ago before it really shot up. I think I had like a stupid amount of, anyways, it doesn't matter. I turned it into Bitcoin and 
we all lived happily ever after. <laughs> but that's uh, that's besides the point. But the tax implications, if you are somebody who claims your taxes properly, you have to report these as a, as a gain. You're going to have to pay tax on these because they are considered to be securities. Bitcoin is not. Bitcoin is going to be considered a commodity, so it's going to be treated differently. And the other part of Bitcoin is that we're buying it for the long term. So there's no real plans to sell it in the future. So we don't have to worry about the tax stuff for a very long time. And maybe by the time we sell it, there won't be a IRS or a CRA anymore. Who knows? So that is two more things here that I want to talk about. Is that if you are getting into altcoins, depending on what your depending on what your angle is, if you're just trying to hit a home run, a lottery ticket, then you can buy any coin, um, any coin out there. You can buy the Elon coin, Elon coin. You can buy the GFY coin. These are these all have zero use case for anything. It's all just it's all just gamblers trying to time the market properly. But there, I do believe that there will be cryptos that survived this whole thing. I do think that in 10 years from now, there are going to be a small amount of cryptos that are still around. People are going to be creating them, but there will be ones that stick around because Bitcoin is great for the majority of things in the financial system. It, it fixes a lot of issues, but there are other use cases that these cryptos have. I'm, I'll be the first to admit that. And I do have some myself. I haven't bought anything other than Bitcoin for the last two years. I do consider myself to be a Bitcoin maximalist, but I still have some other coins that I bought in last cycle. I didn't sell it, but because I do believe that they're going to be worth more in the future. I do believe that they have a real life use case. So when you're looking at these altcoins, look for two things. Do they have utility? And do they have a fixed supply? The utility aspect of it, that could be a variety of things, but the ones that I like are the ones who have patents. So they have patents for, say, NFTs. They have patents for uh, web, uh, mesh network, whatever it is. If they have utility, that's a good thing. And the, the second part is, do they have fixed supply? Because we know that certain coins have no fixed supply and the creator, the company who makes these coins can print as much as they want. We're just going back to our fiat system where the governments have the same abilities. Nothing changes. So look for utility and fixed supply. And the other thing here is that it actually requires quite a bit more time. You can't just you can't just buy it and sit on it for 30 years like you can with Bitcoin. You have to pay attention to what's going on. You have to monitor it very closely because when these things run, they run fast. But they also fall even faster. So you have to pay attention. It requires more of your time and you have to know when to sell it. The majority of people don't know when and they get stuck holding the bag at the end of it. So you have to pay attention and, you know, don't get too greedy with it because the people who get greedy with it are the ones who get burned. The one They're the ones left holding the bag at the end of it. and a, They're holding a bag of stinky dog shit. Literally all it is. <laughs> so if you're doing it, don't get too greedy. No one to sell. Take your profits. Turn it into Bitcoin. Live happily ever after. 
So I'm not going to tell you which ones to buy. I don't think that that's productive. I'm not going to tell you which ones I have. Don't think that's productive. Buy Bitcoin. If you have to do some gambling, do it safely. So to round things out here, we're going to, we have four things to pay attention to with the altcoins. Four keys. Number one, separate your Bitcoin before you do anything. Get a Bitcoin wallet, move all your Bitcoin into that. Don't ever mix Bitcoin with altcoins in the same wallet. That's how you're going to lose your Bitcoin. So that's number one, separate your Bitcoin. Number two, limit your exposure. So whatever amount of uh, money you have in cryptos, keep the altcoins to about 5% or less. Max it out at 5%. So then even if you lose it, you still have the majority of your, your Bitcoin. Johnny says, yeah, I mean, there's people have different opinions on Litecoin. I do have a little bit of Litecoin. I still think that Bitcoin's with the Lightning Network. I think the, the Bitcoin is a, a better long-term hold. But, I mean, it's never a bad idea to kind of hedge your, hedge your bets a little bit. And Johnny says, I think that all coins are a way to distract you from Bitcoin. It is and it isn't. It's a way for people to use use the code of Bitcoin, fork off of that for their own gains. So if we think about what really sets Bitcoin apart is the proof of work protocol. You cannot print Bitcoin. Nobody has been issued Bitcoin. Every single Bitcoin that's been earned has been done through the proof of work protocol, through Bitcoin mining, by using actual physical energy from the real world and converting that into Bitcoin. That's where all the value is. All these other things are just, like Johnny said, a distraction. It's just noise. But it's, it's just literally people gambling. It's all it is. 99% of these altcoins have zero utility, zero real life value. It's just a pump and dump scheme. So focus your attention on Bitcoin. Limit your exposure. Don't exceed 5% of your Bitcoin holdings in altcoins. And number three, know what you're holding because this is when this is how people run into issues with altcoins. They don't know what they're holding. They don't know how to move it. They don't know how to store it. They don't know the fees associated with it. So know exactly what you're holding. What's the utility? What network does it run on? What are the fees? Is it easy to move back and forth? If you wanted to store it off the exchanges, and then move it back onto the exchanges. That's another aspect here that I didn't talk about. Because you don't want to leave any of this on the exchanges, right? And in fact, I hate these live shows because I always say dumb shit. <laughs> but I mean, for altcoins, it probably makes more sense to just leave it on the exchanges because it's just a gamble. And if you, if you go through all the trouble of moving it off of the exchanges into your own wallet, you're going to pay 10, 15, 20% fees to move it. When you want to sell it, you're going to have to move it back onto the exchange. You're going to pay another 10, 15, 20% to move it back on there. So you lose 40% just by moving it back and forth. Never do that with Bitcoin. Anytime you buy Bitcoin, 
get it off the exchanges as fast as possible. With these though, I mean, you're probably going to, <laughs> you're going to hold more of your gains if you just leave it on the exchanges. So that's another aspect of it. And so then how do you store it? Because a lot of these, a lot of these coins don't have their own wallets. You can't, there's no wallet specific to what? Ethereum? Maybe there is. Is there Ethereum wallets? I don't know. And it changes for every different altcoin. So that's part of the know what you're holding is know the utility, know the network, know the fees involved, and know how you're going to store it. And the last thing here, the last point that I want to mention is have an exit plan. Know what you bought it at, know the fees associated with it, know what price you would be happy to sell it at, and don't get too greedy because the people who get greedy are the ones who get burned the most. So plan your exit, have everything kind of tracked and, and know exactly what you're going to do. Because when this happened with altcoins, like I said, it happens fast, it goes up, but it comes down just as fast. And so if you're not ready for it, you're going to be the one holding the bag at the end of the day. Sorry, there's lots of good comments coming through here. I don't have time or uh, the focus to be able to look into it. <clears throat> we got Crypto Journal in the house. He says, just play it simple. Use Only use all coins to make profits and gains on Bitcoin and gain your Bitcoin stack. You don't have to store. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the realization that I just had here was that maybe it's best just to leave the altcoins on the exchanges just for the simple fact of saving those ridiculous fees of moving it to a cold wallet and then moving it to back to the exchanges. Because that's when, like I said, every, and kind of where I was going with that, it was that things happen fast, goes up, it goes down. And if you have to take the time to a, figure out that it's happening. B, go to your cold storage wallet and move it back to the exchange. All that kind of stuff. Some takes longer, some is instantaneous, but there's still a delay there because when when you want to sell it, you want to sell it fast. You don't want to be the one holding the bag at the end of the day. Sorry, I must be missing some comments here, but that's okay. I think we're going to leave it there for today. Like I said, I just wanted to provide a good resource for people who are getting into cryptos and Bitcoin, because as much as we want to sit here and pretend that people are just going to skip their altcoin phase and go strictly to Bitcoin, I'm here because I tried the altcoins, I got burned, and I found Bitcoin, and that's all I've been buying for the last two years. And I think that people are going to go through that exact same journey. They're going to buy some altcoins. They're going to get burned. And then they're going to find Bitcoin. And so if we can if we can just manage and limit the exposure and the risk that they have and give them a few good tips and security practices and all this kind of stuff, I think that it could go a long ways in terms of their touching the stove. They touch it. They get their hand off the right away instead of having the, the heat cranked and you have your hand on there for a minute and then you've got third degree burns on it so that's the idea of this 
I do want to end with only Bitcoin. If you're somebody who, you know, trust that, just avoid all this other stuff. It is just noise. It's just a distraction. Bitcoin is the best asset. As Michael Saylor says, there is no second best. This is all just gambling. But there are things to keep in mind to limit your the damage. So, yes, everybody, I hope you have an amazing Friday. I hope you have a great weekend. We're 10 days away from Christmas. The holidays are coming up. I think I'm going to do a couple shows next week. Squeeze in one more Q&A. So if you have any questions, even with altcoins, Bitcoin, anything, even financial related. I'm not a, fin- I'm not a certified financial planner, uh, but I have a pretty good understanding of, of the financial system. I, was a, I worked in the public accounting industry for almost nine years. So I've, I've seen a few things and with business, with personal stuff. So if you have any questions you want answered, um, Thursdays, every morning, we're going to do a live Q and a seems like people have been enjoying those and I have as well. And when I stop enjoying it, then we're going to stop doing these shows. So have yourselves a great weekend. Thanks everybody for showing up today. Thanks for being in the chat. It makes things a lot more fun, exciting, and interesting for me and for yourselves as well. So take it easy. Have a great weekend. We'll see you right back here. First thing Monday morning. Bye-bye.